0: friendship isn't the big things it's a million little things hello friends and welcome to this a million little tv shows podcast i'm mike and i'll be delving into tv shows that i feel don't seem to get enough for love over the course of the pod we'll break down episodes and talk about my thoughts and feelings on the shows episode we'll be dealing with A Million Little Things Season 1. The cast includes David Gintoli as Eddie, Romany Malco as Rome, Alison Miller as Maggie, Christina Moses as Gina, Christina Ochoa as Ashley, Grace Park as Catherine, James Roday as Gary, Stephanie Shostak as Delilah and Ron Livingston as John. And I apologise to any of those people Whose names I got probably terribly wrong. Well, hello there. Welcome back, guys. I hope you're doing alright out there. This is A Million Little TV Shows Podcast, and we're there. We're at the final two episodes of A Million Little Things, Season 2. This episode's going to be covering episodes 15 to 19 as you all know, when I'm covering five episodes, it can be a long process. But also, you know that some of the smaller episodes, like Inside Number Nine, help helping balance that out a little bit so that you're not always having to listen to my voice. Although, I suppose you're here for listening to my voice, so hopefully you're enjoying it. Again, I need more feedback from you guys. Numbers are up, but it does help if you come say hello or come chat to me. So you can find me on all the social medias, Instagram, threads, whatever the fuck Twitter is these days. You can find me on all those platforms. And of course you can put your comments in any of the comment sections on Spotify or Podbean or on any of the other places that you find my podcast. Podchaser, Boom Play, or Player FM. I'm available on all of those. But anyway, let's get into these final episodes. Episode 15, The Lunch. So the perfect place to pick up this episode is from where we left off. Dee has been told by Gary that Sophie has started smoking pot, or at least that he found some cigarettes in her sleeping bag. So Dee now needs to speak to Sophie about this whole affair. And just as she's about to go and speak to Sophie, she's actually on the phone to Gary. She heads into Sophie's room... And just before Sophie can say anything, D asks the question, Is there anything you want to tell me? And Sophie starts saying, Yeah, there is. Um, I've actually started birth control, which D was not expecting at all. And now the situation of Pot seems a little less prevalent, I suppose. And of course, Gary hears the whole thing. So he's now mocking D and saying that. Basically, it's a good thing that her and Jake are being safe and things like that. Sophie confirms that she's not done anything with Jake and that she's not done anything with anyone. But she's just being precautious. But Dee starts freaking out. But she's not concerned too much about Sophie, more she's concerned about Jake. Jake's a couple of years older than Sophie. And Dee feels that he may be a bad influence on her. So Dee decides to really put Jake to work while he's at the restaurant. She basically has him doing a job, which is going to take him pretty much all day, knowing that she's going to be at the restaurant and he and she can keep an eye on him there. After a while, Dee sees someone else going up to the storeroom, and when she asks what he's doing with the stock list, the guy tells her that he's going to check the stock because Jake's had to go home because he's not feeling well. And at this point, everyone knows the situation with D, So they all give her a look of, oh dear. And it's revealed that when Sophie's meant to be coming in for a shift, she isn't there because she's actually changed her shifts to the night. So now both Sophie and Jake are off work and D is stuck there. D finds out where Jake lives and decides that she's going to take a visit. She thinks that Sophie's going to be there and she wants to get her daughter out of there. She's really concerned about all of this, and she thinks that Jake's obviously lying about his illness. When Dee shows up at Jake's, Sophie answers the door, and just as Dee's about to start yelling at her, Sophie says, no, genuinely, come in, he's ill. He's really in a bad way, and I don't know what to do. Dee instantly jumps into mum mode, and knows exactly what to do, and... She's going to get him to the hospital. She's going to get him the treatment that he needs. She can see that he's in such distress. It seems to be an abdominal issue. Once they get him to the hospital, Dee has rang Jake's parents and they're on their way. But they find out that his appendix was just about ready to burst. So he's in so much pain because of that. Sophie and Dee begin to speak about everything. She tells her that she has real feelings for Jake and that She believes that he loves her. But the whole thing about being on the pill is that she just wants to be responsible. She saw what happened with Eddie and her mum when they weren't responsible. And she's just trying to do what's best. And she just doesn't want to worry her mum. And she's essentially learning from her mum's mistakes. It's here that Dee forgives Sophie for not telling her about the pill. But then she hits her with the question she wanted to ask. And that was about the joints. And Sophie's face just drops. So while Gary's on the phone talking with Dee about Sophie, he also reveals that now he's working from home. He's become a freelancer. And what he's doing is the same as what he was doing before. He's working in insurance. But after a while, he starts talking to himself himself dressing it up as he's talking to Colin, and feels like he's going a little bit stir-crazy, so he decides to go and sit in Gina's restaurant to try and feel less lonely, I suppose. Maggie, however, is going out on a date. It's been four months since her and Gary split, and she's decided, of course, to have her date at the restaurant, so that Dee and Gina can have a look at the guy and tell her if they think that he's a sociopathic liar, just like Eric was. But of course, Gary shows up and sets himself up in the corner, and Maggie starts to freak out. She tries to tell her date not to come to the restaurant, and that she'll meet him elsewhere, but she has no success. So Maggie decides that it's a good idea to just go and speak to Gary. They're both adults. He'll understand he said that they want to be friends. So now is the time to prove that. When he speaks to Maggie, he does understand and he offers to leave, saying that he can go find somewhere else to go and work, but Maggie then feels guilty about making him leave, knowing that he's just trying to do some work. So it tells him no, just stay. But as the day goes on, Maggie and Gary keep conversing with each other as Maggie's date doesn't seem to show up and she gets embarrassed because she's been stood up and she storms off into Gina's office to go and eat in there because she knows that he won't bother her. Eventually Maggie comes out and she's about to leave but Gina catches her just as she's going and tells her that the guy who she was going on a date with has rang the restaurant and paid for a bottle of wine for her, because he stood her up. Maggie thinks it's a really sweet thing, but then realises that actually it was Gary, that who's done this. And Gary holds his hands up and says, it wasn't me at all, thinking that he's been caught, and blames Gina straight away. And Gina holds her hands up and says, yeah, it, it was me. But after Gary leaves, Maggie admits to Gina that she actually wishes it was from Gary. And Gina doesn't tell her, but really wants to say it was from him. And he still has feelings for you. Eddie's in the studio with Dakota. But as they're recording, she seems to be a real perfectionist. Because after what seems to Eddie to be a perfect take, she's not satisfied and wants to go again. But they've been at it for hours. Eventually, once she's happy with it, the label ring. Because they've heard the demo that Eddie has sent them. They say it's an amazing song, the sound on it's amazing, the singing's great, but they've just got some little tweaks that they need to do and they start to offer criticism. And as they do, Dakota gets more and more pissed off and she's so frustrated that she walks out while Eddie is left basically holding his dick, trying to sort this whole thing out. And in fairness, I get it, Like Dakota's feelings right here we've had a similar situation where I currently work in the we did some really good work recently and we got told that it wasn't good after having it praised so it's a little bit shitty but I get it so Dakota's really pissed because everyone wants to change her album but Eddie tells her that it's not her's now that she's not just someone who's doing this on the internet, it's now a collaboration. It's hers, it's the studios, it's Eddie's, it's the sound guys. She has to take criticism, she has to take she has to take constructive criticism on board. And they'll pick out the best bits of that criticism and work on that. But they don't have to do it all. But Dakota tells him that she's leaving. And basically that he's washed up and is now just someone who's working for the studio. So now the label are pissed with Dakota's attitude and they want to fire her. But Eddie's trying to convince them that she needs a second chance. She's young and she's impulsive, but he can get the best work out of her if they just allow him some time. So Eddie calls Dakota and they agree to meet. When he meets with her, She tells him her backstory about how she came from this small town in the middle of nowhere and people used to mock her all the time for the things that she did, like posting stuff online and that she'd never become a star and that she was just wasting her time and that she wasn't any good. Just the general jealousy of, I suppose, online hatred these days and... She was also getting it from the people back home. So she wants to get away from all that. She came to Boston to do this. And she needs to go home a success. Otherwise it's all been for naught. But she agrees with Eddie that she'll go back in the studio. So after the incident with Derek and Eve seeing his car, Rome is starting to be really overprotective of her and trying to make sure that she is off her feet as much as she can be, even though she is working at the restaurant. However, when Gina's speaking to her, Gina finds out that after the pregnancy, Eve is thinking about going back to college, so she can improve her life, and hopefully not go back to being with someone like Derek. So Rome has a meeting with Isaac Martin, The actor that Todd had brought in to be the lead man in the film that he was going to make, which was essentially ripping off Rome's film. But this means that Rome has to cancel dinner with his dad, Walter. But because of the stubborn old bastard that he is, Walter turns up at the restaurant, because of course he does. Which, Rome was freaking out about this meeting with Isaac anyway, but now that his dad's going to be there as well, just makes it doubly as hard. Eve, however, meets Walter... And as soon as he does, Walter turns around and says, what are you doing on your feet and why are you working at this restaurant? Because, obviously, she is heavily pregnant. So Walter so Walter is being exactly like Rome was right at the start of the episode. And Eve pulls him up on it and says how alike they are, even though they both say they don't see it. But because of the fact that a famous movie star in Isaac Martin is coming to the restaurant... Gina hopes that the social media will attract others to that restaurant because a famous person has eaten there. Eventually Isaac arrives and he and Rome start talking. There's a whole buzz around him being a star. Everyone turns their head when he walks in and he's taking pictures and shaking hands and meeting people. He sits down with him and they're talking. But when Walter comes over to speak with Isaac, he starts being a little bit tongue-in-cheek insulting. He asks him about a movie where there is a stunt which involved a helicopter and how, basically, Walter thought it was trash and, and how he only did the movie to essentially pay for his house. Isaac takes it all in his stride because he's probably had this a bunch of times before. But Rome takes his dad aside and tells him he's being insulting and that he feels disrespected having his father there. So maybe... He should just stay in the back and not come out until Isaac's gone. So since he's back there and Maggie is there hiding from Gary, they sit down to chat and eat. But while they're doing it, he finds out that she's a therapist and begins to clam up a little bit before walking out. Rome sees his dad leaving and goes after him. And when his dad talks about feeling alone because his wife's not there anymore, Rome tells him that he's not alone. Walter decides that he wants to start working on himself and wants to go and speak to a therapist. And then they walk back into the restaurant to get a beer. But as they walk in, they both do a similar little thing that makes them seem exactly the same. While Gina's speaking to Eve, she's talking to her about college. And she tells her that it's been unfair for her for so long that it's now time for her to write her own story. She deserves to pick up the pen herself because someone has been in control of it for way too long. And now is her time. Once she's had the baby, she can do whatever she needs to. The world is out there for her. Rome gets some good news from Isaac. Isaac rings him and tells him that he doesn't have to be sorry for walking out. He tells him that if he could have one more minute with his dad, he'd drop everything. He understands the importance of family and he knows that this is a really good script and that he wants to work with Rome as much as possible to get this done. So while Rome and Walter are celebrating at the bar, they're joined by an unfamiliar face. Everyone sat and they're chatting about how Isaac was such a nice guy, and they're all laughing and joking, and Rome's celebrating the fact that he's going to be making his film. Eve and Gina come out of the back, and as soon as Eve sees the man at the bar, her face drops. It's Derek. As soon as he sees her, He approaches and begins saying how much he's missed her and can't believe that she's pregnant and that they're going to make a great family together. He asks Eve to go with him and she agrees. When Gina goes over with her to get her coat, Eve tells her not to worry. She's not going to go far. She's going to make sure that Eve signs the paperwork, which will help with the adoption and that she's going to be safe. And then she leaves with Derek, leaving Rome and Gina afraid for what's going to happen next. Episode 16, Change of Plans Eddie's sister Lindsay is coming to see him, but due to the problems that she's had in the past, Catherine suggests taking Theo out so that Eddie and Lindsay can have some time together and Eddie can assess whether his sister is true to her word and trying to get clean. So they're meant to be going to laser tag, but Catherine gets called into work and when she asks if anyone else can be on this, they say no, they need the best, and that's her. And since this is going to be for a massive client, essentially they aren't asking. So Catherine tells Eddie to cancel, but he's a little bit put out by it and says that it'll be fine. Catherine is insistent that they need time to assess what's going on with Lindsay before they introduce her to Theo. But Gary's there at the time and insists that he will step in and he will take Theo out for the day so that... Lindsay can come over. Catherine heads into work, and when she gets there, she asks how come another colleague couldn't be brought in on this, and they're told that she's away at the minute, to which Catherine realises that they're trying to impress this female client by having another female there to show that they're diverse. And she feels a little bit pissed off about it, and put out by the fact that they're just putting on a show And they're using her for that. So after the meeting with the client, Catherine confronts her boss about this. The behaviour towards her has been really bad. And she feels like she's being used. Because when it came to a client a few months back, she was taken off the case. Because she felt like the client just wanted an all-male team. But actually, she was took off of it because of her assistant, Carter. The client apparently felt uncomfortable with the fact that Carter's gay and Catherine decides that it's now time. She closes the door and begins to speak to her bosses. However, Eddie is now having to explain to his sister why Theo isn't at the house. But she takes it in stride and understands that they're doing it to protect their son and make sure that she is what she says she is. And she's fine with it. And while they're in Eddie's studio discussing Dakota and what's been going on with the family and all that, Eddie ends up finding a little vial of coke, which he instantly thinks is Lindsay's, and throws her out, telling her that she's a liability, and, and he can't believe she's brought this to their doorstep. And so she leaves, but not long after, Dakota turns up and... She tells him that she's looking for a lucky piece of equipment that she must have left there the last time she was recording there. And she's searching all over the couch, and Eddie recognises the fact that she's not looking for this thing. She's actually looking for this vial of coke. So he calls her out on it, and she admits that it is hers, and he sits her down and tells her that she shouldn't have brought this to his house. She knows what he is, she knows who he is, and it's not the way to conduct herself, especially with Theo in the house, and asks her to leave. Catherine comes back from the office, and she's got boxes with her. She starts piling them up, and Eddie sees her and asks what's going on, and she tells him that she's quit her job. But when Eddie tells her about the fact that Dakota's been found with coke on her, she begins to instantly regret the decision, because... She knows now that Eddie's going to have to quit. She's going to call her old job and beg for it back. But Eddie tells her no, everything will be fine. We can deal with Dakota. It doesn't have to be that way. They're going to get through this. And Catherine's going to start her own practice. And everything's going to be fine. Eddie manages to get a hold of Lindsay and apologises. He explains the mistake. And she comes over. And she finally meets Theo. Just as Theo goes to bed, she's talking with Eddie and she mentions about a lake house that they used to go to when they were kids and he says he can't remember any of it, including Alex. But Lindsay gets upset at the thought of the whole affair. While Rome and Gina are trying to find Eve, they manage to track a phone that Gina gave her and they head out to go get her. They've traced her to a hotel and when they get there and they ask whether they can find out the room number ...for one of their guests. The lady at the desk tells them... ...that she'll ring up to the room... ...and tell the guests that Rome and Gina are on their way up... ...but they tell them no... ...can we just have the room number... ...and then... ...head up ourselves. The woman tells them no... ...but when Rome tells them that... ...they believe Eve... ...is getting abused... ...and that she's heavily pregnant... ...and they need to go up there... ...without Derek knowing... ...the woman tells them no again but turns a screen so that they can see the room number. They head up and just as they get outside the room, they can hear voices coming from the inside and they seem happy. They seem to be laughing and joking. And when the door opens, Derek and Eve step out. Eve is shocked to see them both there, but tries to rein Derek in and invites them both in, telling Derek that these people are the ones that are going to adopt the baby. Eve tries to convince Derek to sign the paperwork, so that Gina and Rome can adopt the baby when it's born. But as she does, she calls Gina Wendy, and Gina realises that this is a signal that she needs to get out of there, because the woman from the woman's shelter who runs it is called Wendy. But as the notary in the room signs off on the paperwork that Derek has just signed, she hands it over to Gina, saying, and there's your copy, Gina to which Derek picks up on straight away and asks, why did she just call you Gina when Eve called you Wendy? Gina quickly explains it away that her name is actually Regina Wendy and Rome makes a joke that you shouldn't call her Regina because it'll give her a bit of a big head because Regina means queen. So they laugh it off and now Derek has signed over the rights for the adoption so he has no legal recourse going forward and then they set up a plan to ensure that they can get Eve out of there. A while later, Rome and Gina are at the restaurant, and Derek comes storming in. He's yelling and shouting at everyone, asking where Eve is, and demands that they give her back. Eve's gone back to the shelter, but they don't tell him that, and he squares up to Rome and Gina. But when he does, Rome calmly suggests that he leaves before his boss finds out. He's found out a lot about Derek in the last few days, and Rome is happy to let his boss know that he has employed someone who beats women and is an abuser. So, Rome thinks it's best that he goes. And when Derek looks around, he sees that all the people around him are holding some sort of weaponry, knives, etc. He's in a fucking kitchen, of course they are. And so he leaves. Maggie and Dee go out for the first time together as single ladies and while they're out at the bar having a drink they're trying not to talk about their exes and every time they do talk about an ex they have to take a drink. At one point Dee mentions something about John and has to take a shot and so she tricks Maggie by telling her that she thinks that that guy over there looks like and she doesn't say the name, but Maggie says, hmm, he does look a bit like Gary. And she tells her to drink. They're generally having fun and having a laugh. And Dee points out that there's a guy who's been staring over at them all night. So Dee ends up going over and, and asks him to come join them. So he does, and he's sat with Maggie, and there seems to be some flirting going on. But it's only when Dee gets up to go to the bar that this guy, Miles... His intentions are truly known. He turns away from Maggie and watches Dee walk away. And Maggie realises that he's only here for her. So before Dee went over to speak to Miles, she gave Maggie a pep talk about how she needs to live in the moment a bit more. It could be an amazing rest of her life with this guy. But it could also be just an amazing one night. Who knows? But she won't know if she doesn't try. And she's got to start trying more. So when Maggie realises, she walks over to the bar and gives Dee the exact same speech and Dee realises what's going on. So Dee goes over to Miles and they begin to flirt and Maggie watches from across the bar and smiles to herself, knowing that she's done a good thing for Dee. The bartender comes over and starts talking to her as if she's a third wheel and then she receives a phone call from Oxford and she's told that one of the people has dropped out and that. If she wants the placement on the Fellowship now, it's available for her. But she needs to come to England soon. So she accepts, especially after what Dee just said about capturing every moment. Dee, however, is capturing every moment as well. And we see her and Miles outside, all over each other. And then they get in a cab and go home together. With Gary going to laser tag with Theo, while Lindsay's over, he begins chatting up a girl behind the counter, but eventually is interrupted by a mother of a classmate of Theo's, played by Floriana Lima. They head into Laser Tag and they're all doing the same game together. Both Gary and the mum seem quite adept at this game. Gary has already expressed an interest in playing this already, when he was at Eddie's house, so it's no surprise that he's quite good at it. But the mum is a surprise, and she gets quite bossy with Gary when the boys fall out. So Theo steps outside, and while he's out there, the mum tells Gary, if Catherine was here, she wouldn't let the boys get away with this. We'd all sit down together, and we'd sort it out. So that's what we're going to go and do. They go out, and the boys sit down, and explain what happened. Theo's annoyed because the rules were broken, and Gary tells him that, sometimes it's okay to bend the rules, especially if it's just a game and that he shouldn't get so angry about these things. It's just a bit of fun, and they can all still play together. And so they decide to all go back in as a team and destroy everyone. So when they go back in, they do exactly that, and they come top of the leaderboard. The mum, however, is disappointed a little bit by the fact that she got something like 93%, and Gary is impressed at that. But she's like, well, last time I was here, I got 96. So I'm just not doing good on my average. They begin to flirt a little bit. But as they were just about to leave, the mum comes over and hands Gary a piece of paper with the number of Becky on it, to which Hugh says, I didn't think you were a Becky. She says, I'm not. My name's Darcy. The girl behind the counter you were flirting with, her name's Becky. So she's become a real wingman for him at this particular time. But as she walks out, Gary gives her a second thought. Episode 17, one year later. Dee is having a commemorative dinner for John. And it seems like he's not just on her mind at the minute. As Gary wakes from a crazy dream where instead of him having the cancer, it was actually John. And John tells him that he's not got along now. And then he sees Maggie walking out of his life again forever. Before turning back towards John and seeing that he's not there. And then he wakes up. So after the guys meet for a game of basketball... ...where Eddie confesses that he doesn't want to go to the meal... ...because of everything going on with Sophie right now... ...Gary really shows himself up... ...and is essentially a bit of a prick to everybody. He walks away and... ...eventually Eddie goes after him. When Eddie finds him he's just so pissed off... ...because he thinks that he's... ...doing exactly what John said he would. He's throwing his life away... ...he's chasing the wrong people... He's not made this thing work with Maggie, and now she's going away. And he's gone back to what he was before, just sleeping around, not really caring about anything. His job is now virtually non-existent, and the only thing that he hasn't got that he had when John was here is cancer. So he's a little bit all over the place. During a chat with Rome, chat being the loose term, Rome is actually having a session, and he's talking about his dad. Maggie lets slip to him that she got the fellowship in Oxford, so she'll be moving to the UK. But while at the house for Dee's dinner, Maggie and Gary meet up together, and they have a moment in the bathroom where he apologises for everything that happened, and says that he put too much pressure on their relationship, and he wishes that he hadn't, because it's ultimately what split them up. But Maggie tells him that she brought her own issues to this relationship with the death of her brother, with her not wanting her cancer treatment, so he wasn't all to blame in this. And she tells him that she's sorry too, and wishes things could have been different. So with the fact that Gary's feeling so down about himself, with everything that's been going on since John died, Rome speaks to him and tells him that if it wasn't for Gary being there, Rome wouldn't be there now. Because Gary didn't just call once, like we saw on screen. He called several times to try and get hold of Rome to let him know about John. And if he hadn't been persistent, Rome would have been dead too. So he tells Gary that whatever it is with you and Maggie, it's not too late to fix. But when Gary refuses to hear it, Rome tells him she's going to Oxford. So he essentially has to say something before it is too late. But when Gina tries to tell Maggie the exact same thing, that Gary still loves her and that they need to make it work, Maggie tells her that it's not going to work. She is going to Oxford. And at the end of the episode, we see we see Gary call someone and ask them if they want to go for a drink. And when they eventually get to the bar, it's Darcy, the mum from the last episode. So as I've said already... Eddie is considering not going to this meal for John when he meets the guys for the basketball game. Catherine, however, goes over to help Howard D's while Gina is cooking for them. Catherine tells the girls that she's had a job offer, but during the interview she got bad vibes from it because essentially they gave her the same pitch as what her previous company did. They would see her more as representation of a certain gender than just an actual good lawyer. Eddie tells Gary about a dream that he's been having, similar to what he had about John, but this time it's actually Eddie and John on a boat. Eddie's quite clearly drunk, and John, as in most scenes, is in a suit. He's sat with him on this boat, and Eddie moves for, I think it's to get a beer, and as he does, he rocks the boat, knocking John into the water. As he reaches in to try and grab John, another hand comes up, and it's got nail polish on it. So he knows it's not John's. And it looks to be a female hand. Before it slips back under the water. And Eddie has no clue what it means. When Eddie shows up at D's he speaks to Sophie about not playing guitar anymore. And that she was really good at it. And that she should have kept it up. But she tells Eddie that it's too hard. Because you're the reason I started playing. You were my teacher. And you betrayed me and my family. And... I can't keep playing because the lies hurt too much. And it just reminds me of you. Sophie goes upstairs and Dee comes into the room. She's talking to Eddie. And while she is, she mentions about how he's not been to see John yet. And he hasn't been there since the funeral. And he says to Dee that how can he get forgiveness from John when he can't even get it from John's daughter? And Sophie overhears the whole thing. When Eddie speaks to Catherine about her job interview, He tells her that she needs to do what's best for her right now. Not to worry about the family. They've got money and he's working. So if she needs time, she can have the time. But she shouldn't rush into something that she doesn't want to do. And if she wants to set up on her own, that is perfectly fine by him. But she needs to do what feels right. So while Catherine's thinking all this over, she's thinking about space and where she could possibly set up her home Dee and Gina take her to the restaurant. They take her to a room above and tell her that it's hers. She helped them get that restaurant. She helped Dee save her home and they need to be there for her now. So they tell her that the room is hers if she wants it and they know that she's going to make a go of this, which Catherine agrees to and takes the room on because it's all in the lease for the restaurant. So there'll be no overheads for her there. So while they're in this space and they're all celebrating, Catherine speaks to Eddie. She thinks she wants to renew their vows and asks him to remarry her, which he agrees to. But later on that night, Eddie has a flashback to a girl named Alex and the night that she died. After everything that goes down with Gary at the basketball, Rome goes to see his dad because his dad's meant to be going for a therapy session. But when he gets there, Walter tells him that he read his script. Rome's mum had a version of it in her drawer and When Walter was clearing some stuff out, he found it and he's read through it. And and instead of being positive or trying to talk to him about the script, he talks to him about the content and asks him, Is it true what happened with you? Did you actually try and kill yourself? And the way that Walter goes about it is his usual heavy handed way, and he doesn't tell Rome that he's he doesn't tell Rome that he's happy that he's still there or he doesn't show him any sort of emotion. He sort of attacks Rome and Rome feels it and walks away from him, essentially blaming Rome for not wanting to go for this session because because Rome almost gave up on his life. So Rome leaves and later on Gina goes to see Walt and Gina is someone not to be fucked with. She tells Walter exactly what she thinks of him and scolds him, tells him that he's too hard on Rome and he needs to show Rome that he gives a shit about him. Because they're both so similar and they need to stop butting heads and start getting along. Because it's just going to drive a wedge between the two of them. So towards the end of the episode, Walter turns up to see Rome. And he tells him that he is so happy that he's still there. And proves that he does have a soft side. It's just harder to see. Throughout the day we see that Dee keeps hearing these stories of people dreaming about John. And she starts to worry that she hasn't dreamt about him in such a long time. But when she speaks to Maggie about all of this, Maggie tells her that it's okay for now. She doesn't have to think about John every day. She doesn't have to dream about him all the time. She can move on. It is allowed. And she tells her that Dee should be thinking about what's going on with her and Miles right now. There's obviously a connection there. And that maybe she should just be having a little fun. After Gary sees Sophie blow up at Eddie, he goes up to see her. And while he's talking to her about everything that's been going on, he starts describing how he felt betrayed, and he's so upset, and he's always angry at everything that's gone on. And all the while, Sophie is just nodding along with him. And then Gary turns out to be talking about John and not Eddie. And she realises that it's okay to be angry at people. But giving forgiveness, that's the real strength. And she realises that she's been too harsh on Eddie. And he's been going through it as well. And that maybe it's time to let bygones be bygones and actually go and speak to him. So when she goes to see him, she tells him that she heard what had been said about him not going to see her dad. And so she takes him in the car to go and see John's grave. And while he's there, she tells him that she's sick of being mad at him. She wants to move on and she wants things to go back to the way that they were. So obviously when Sophie and Eddie turn up at the house for the dinner, everyone's ecstatic to see them both together. So while they're at the dinner, Theo gives a touching speech about Egyptians and how how they don't believe that death is the end and how just because Uncle John's not there anymore doesn't mean that he's not around anymore. And one day they'll see him again. This is all due to the fact that at this point Theo is learning about Egyptians at school. So we get a lot of relevant subjects when it comes to Theo. He was learning about dinosaurs and now he's learning about Egyptians. It's kind of cute. But the speech is really sweet. And it really makes you think, I can't do it justice because I'm an idiot. But it's a really articulate speech. So right at the end of the episode, because Dee has been so wrapped up in everything that's been going on and trying not to think about John too much and how everyone has been seeing him, she's sorting things out in the kitchen and all of a sudden she sees John. She speaks to him and he tells her that everything's okay and he's sorry for what happened and that he still loves her and it's okay if she wants to move on. And then we see Sophie come home and find her mum on the couch, asleep. So we know that she's happily dreaming about John. Episode 18, Mothers and Daughters. After all the thoughts and dreams that he's been having regarding Alex, Eddie decides to call his sister Lindsay. He tells her he can't remember anything about Alex, or what happened at the lake. So she tells him that they were all together partying. So she tells him that they were all together partying, and... It was Alex and her sister Colleen, Eddie and her and they were all drinking and they were all enjoying themselves but Lindsay and Colleen went inside and later on Lindsay broke up and found Eddie wasn't there so went back out to see where he was. When she found him outside in soaking wet clothes she didn't know what had happened but just brought him inside and got him out of the wet clothes and then put him to bed where he passed out. It was on the next morning when they found out that Alex was being dragged out of the lake that she began to freak out because Eddie was the last person to see Alex alive. So Eddie and Catherine are now in the planning phase of getting everything ready for this wedding including Catherine who is currently preparing her old dress which she wore on her wedding day which she's now modifying for the ceremony. Eddie however is trying to contact Colleen Alex's sister about what happened that night to see if she can shed any light on what was going on. But when he calls, she tells him to leave it, and that she doesn't want to talk about it anymore, and to just leave her and her family alone. They've been through enough. But Eddie is just so pissed off with the fact that Lindsay brought up the subject, just when things were starting to go right for him, and especially now with the wedding on the horizon, because it's all he can think about, and he should be focusing on Catherine and Theo. So Eddie and Lindsay head over to the lake house to go and see if they can find any clues as to what went on. Even though it was nearly 20 years earlier, when they get there, they're confronted by Alex and Colleen's dad, who tells him to leave and never return because he knows what he did. And it just seems that Eddie can't get any answers that he was looking for. Dee and Miles go on their first proper date. Obviously, since they've we can only assume had sex already. This is just a cup of coffee and a chat, getting to know each other. But while they're in the coffee shop, they have an awkward interaction with one of the mums whose kid goes to school with Danny, so she gets a little bit freaked out because Danny and Sophie don't know yet that she's dating someone because she doesn't even know where it's going yet. But later at the baby shower, that Gina is having, put on by her mum, Shelly, she starts speaking to Maggie, she starts speaking to Maggie about what's been going on with her and Miles, and Maggie gets all excited by it, and Shelly overhears what's been going on, so she asks Dee if there's any gossip about this new boyfriend that she's got, and at that point Maggie's signalling to Shelly to shut up, because as they all turn round, they realise that Sophie is stood behind them. She rushes off and Dee comes after her. She goes into the back bedroom to get her coat and she says that she's leaving. She doesn't want to be there right now and it's not the right time to do this. But when D tells her that she doesn't know what this is, it's brand new, and she didn't just want to be telling everyone that she's dating someone without knowing what it is yet, and Sophie understands, but she just tells her that she's mad. Not because her mum's moving on, but that... Her mum hasn't talked to her about it, and then Sophie leads in to ask her, so, what's his name, who is he, and tries to reconnect with her mother. Darcy and Gary are now seeing each other, but nothing's been said to anyone else, including Catherine, whose son Theo obviously goes to school with Darcy's child. But while Catherine is trying to get things sorted for this wedding, as well as trying to get things sorted for her office... She speaks to Darcy, and Darcy agrees to help her out. Darcy says she's going to be happy to help Catherine with the electrics in her new office. And when they speak about the guy who was at laser tag, Catherine can tell that she's actually quite into Gary. And when Gary turns up at their house, he pretends not to know her, and eventually she goes, she already knows. Gary's quite relieved to know that it's all Okay. Maggie, however, is packing for Oxford. As she's doing so, she's looking at the stuff that's going back into storage, and she's remembering some things from when her and Gary were together. She remembers the last time she had to unpack these boxes, and it was when she was at Gary's, and she never thought that she'd be the one that was unpacking them. And now she's packing them again, but now she's got a new adventure in front of her. But unfortunately, it's without Gary. While Rome and Gary are trying to vie for the best man post at this wedding, Gary ends up confessing to Eddie how much he actually likes Darcy, which shocks Eddie a little bit, because, like everyone, they thought that him and Maggie were going to just ride this out and get back together eventually. So while at Gary's office, so while at Catherine's new office, Darcy is now doing the electrics. And while she's fixing things up, Gary comes over and helps her out. But earlier on in the day, Maggie had been over to drop off some portraits that she thought might go well in Catherine's office. Since she was leaving, she thought they could go to a good home. So she left them for Catherine, but at the time, the only person that was there was Darcy. So she's already met Darcy. So when Gary turns up and finds these pictures, he knows that Maggie's already been over. But while she's fixing the electrics, Darcy goes into one of the back rooms and Gary follows her, thinking they can have a little bit of fun. He closes the door behind him and as he does, the knob comes off in his hand and he realises that they're stuck in there. As he tries to make a joke out of it, he goes towards Darcy, but she says, no, get me out of here. I need to get out of here now. And she has a massive panic attack until Gary actually has to break the glass and open the door from the other side when she gets out she tells him about what's been going on the reason that she was so good at laser tag was because she's former military and sometimes she finds that the ptsd that she has is so overwhelming that being in a small space like that just gets to her and she couldn't handle it but since darcy has been so open with gary gary decides to open up as well And he tells Darcy that he and Maggie used to date and that she's a massive part of the friend group, but she did break his heart. And when Darcy thinks that this is just a fling, that she is just someone he's trying to get over Maggie with, he tells her it's nothing like that. Gary and Darcy decide to go back to his and spend the night together for the first time ever but just as they get to the door, a taxi pulls up, with Maggie inside, who sees them kiss, and tells the taxi driver to drive on and take her back home. As stated before, Gina is having a baby shower, thrown by her overbearing mother, Shelley. It seems that everyone's there, apart from Eve, who told them that she might feel a bit weird about it, and Shelley agrees it's a little bit weird for the woman who's giving up the child to be at the shower. And she seems to be really negative any time the relationship between Gina, Rome and Eve comes up. But eventually Eve shows up and Shelley just continues to be hostile towards her. But as she sees how much joy she is getting from the fact that Gina and Rome are going to be adopting her baby and how much she cares for them, Shelley starts to warm up to her. Rome, however, has gone off to try and sign up for a new car. So that he's got something that is going to be decent enough to carry a child around in. But while he's at the dealership, he sees a dad and their child getting into it. And he's just, he's a little bit freaked out by it and thinks that he can't do this. So when he leaves and goes back to the apartment, Gina sees that he's really starting to spiral. But Eve takes him to one side and tells him that he's going to be a great dad. She knew from the instant they met that he was going to look after this child better than anybody could. And that was the reason why she chose them. Because she knew that Gina would be a great mom, but Rome would be an incredible dad. And since Eve's been going around sort of spreading the joy a little bit and and showing how ready she is to allow Gina and Rome to become the parents of her child, Shelley realises how wrong she was and admits it to Gina, and knows how great this is going to be for them. But at the end of the party, Eve tells Rome and Gina that she has to start cutting ties with them, because it's going to be what's best for her and the baby when the eventuality comes, that she's going to have to hand it over. She doesn't want any more complications, and so she has to do what's best. Towards the end of the episode, we see that Rome has received a gift from Walt, and as he sits and opens it, they're both wondering what the hell it could be. But it's a little sailor suit with a note from Rome's mum saying that this was something that Rome wore out of the hospital. And one day, she hopes that her grandchild will wear it in the same way. And Rome realises that even from the grave, and well before, his mother knew that he was going to be a father, and that Gina was going to be a mother. Episode 19... Till death do us part. Okay, so there's a couple of points that need clearing up at this particular episode. It's, again, another one of these interwoven episodes where they're all sort of closely knit together. But some of it takes place at the Vows Renewal rehearsal dinner of Eddie and Catherine, and some of it takes place in the hospital, but we'll come to that as we go along. But I just don't want you getting confused when I start talking about a hospital and you wonder why because I'm going to start with Gary and Maggie and Darcy, but at some point they end up in hospital, and then later on you'll find out why. So we start off the morning after the night before, so we know that Maggie has seen Gary and Darcy heading into his apartment. They wake up in the morning, and Darcy and Gary are glowing. They've obviously had a fun night, and they're going to get ready and go over to Eddie and Catherine's for the renewal rehearsal dinner. Once they get there, obviously this is the first time that Gina sees them... ...and sees that they're together. And before she can actually warn Maggie... ...or let Maggie know of anything that's going on... ...Maggie turns up as well. And when Gina tries to apologise for not letting her know... ...that she's only just found out... ...Maggie tells her that she already knew. She knew last night and she saw what was going on. And Gina realises that Maggie went to see him last night. But when Maggie does turn up to the house... Gary, who was holding Darcy's hand, drops it, and Darcy notices. So due to issues that we'll get into later, Eddie and Catherine decide that they might have to postpone this whole thing. And this gives Darcy the perfect time to ask Gary about what happened. And he tells her that he wanted to spare Maggie's feelings, but he knows that he shouldn't have done what he did, and he's sorry for it. And she understands that they're friends and that he didn't want to hurt his friends. So she's pretty cool about it. Later on, however, at the hospital, there's a situation where, where Maggie receives a sandwich from Miles, who went out for some food. And when she gets the sandwich, she's actually got egg salad. But Gary knows that she doesn't really like egg salad. Instead, So instead of making a big deal out of it, he goes over and just puts his sandwich secretly next to her... while exclaiming... that he's going to go out... and get some other food... because he has a craving for that right now... so it shows that he still cares about Maggie... with the whole dropping of the hand... and the giving of the sandwich... but then when Maggie comes to talk to him... and she tells him that... she loves him... and she wants to be with him... she wants them to be back together... they should have another chance... and that maybe he could come to Oxford with her... and they could start again... he scolds her and tells her that... no... Like for months, every day, every night, I've woke up or I've gone to bed and I've dreamt about you and I've wanted you there and i wanted you to be there and you weren't. And now on the first day that I've woke up with someone else that I've actually thought this could be something special, this could be something good, you now tell me that you're in love with me. He says it's not good enough, I've wanted you for so long and this is the time that you tell me this. It's not going to happen. And since at this point they're in the hospital, and when Gary comes out and goes and sits with Darcy, everyone can see it's written across his face something has happened. And then Maggie comes out, and she is on the verge of tears. And it's at this point everyone knows that those two have had a spat. So Darcy speaks to Gary and tells him that she likes him a lot, but she knows that this is a messy situation right now. And if his head can't be with her... She's going to have to cut ties. She's got a child and she just can't be someone that's going to fuck around right now. She needs to be consistent and she needs the person that she's with to be consistent. Because of the argument that they had, Maggie decides that she's going to leave early. She was already packed for Oxford and ready to go. But she decides to go to the airport early, just to make sure that she can get out of here as soon as possible. But later when Gary's looking for her, Dee tells her she's already gone. She's gone to the airport, Gary. And he leaves goes to meet her at the airport, and when he gets there, she thinks that he's coming with her, but he tells her he's not. He tells her that she saved him when he was at his lowest, and he was just coasting by, and she was the thing that saved him, not the other way around. He tells her he still loves her. He tells her he loves her, and that he wants her to be happy, but that she has to go, and later he goes to see Darcy. So finally, we get the reason why they're at the hospital. Rome gets a message from Eve, and she's gone into labour. They have to leave the rehearsal dinner to go to the hospital. And this is why Eddie and Catherine are thinking about postponing, because it's going to be a big day for everyone anyway, and maybe they can just do it another time. When everyone gets to the hospital, Eve is in the middle of labour and starts to have complications. There's monitors going off all around her, alarms going off, and she's rushed into have a caesarean section. Obviously leaving Rome and Gina out in the cold. They don't know what's going on. And they are just sat out in the waiting room waiting for something to happen. Catherine, however, had convinced Eddie to go and do the wedding in the church at the hospital. Didn't matter where it was. As long as she was renewing her vows with him, that's all that mattered. But that room right now needs to be used for its actual purpose. Rome and Gina ask for a couple of minutes just to be able to pray and hope for Eve. But before they can even get to doing any dear gods, they put their hands together and um, the nurse walks in and says, thank God we found you. Everything's fine. The baby's fine. The baby's here. And do you want to come and meet your child? And in in typical Rome fashion, he looks up and says, damn, you work fast." Rome and Gina go and meet their son, and they decide to call him John, but not without D say-so first. So Gina goes and finds D and asks her the question. And when she comes back to the room, Rome's there devastated. She doesn't know what's going on, and then he tells her that she changed her mind. Eve wants to keep the baby, and it's absolutely devastating for both Rome and Gina. But as Gina states at the end of the episode, it's much more devastating for her. Because she didn't want this. Until she wanted it, she didn't want it. Rome always wanted it, but had the disappointment of maybe not having it. She didn't want it, and now she's disappointed and devastated that she's had it ripped away from her now that she truly wants it. And it's just a heartbreaking end for Rome and Gina for this season. Okay, so let's bring a little bit of levity back to this before we hit the other subject. Because this is a final episode of a season and it is a tough, tough one. But Dee introduces all the guys to Miles. And instantly, Gary <laughs> falls in love with him. He thinks he's the most handsome person he's ever met. And has a little bit of a man crush on him. And finds out that he's really cool, he's really jacked, he's a pretty decent guy. And... Is just falling all over him, telling him how handsome he is, telling him that he's his ideal man, all this kind of stuff. It's so funny. And Gary bless him, just knows how to bring someone into the group. I don't think it's been discussed before, but Miles is actually an EMT. So when Sophie and Danny turn up at the hospital and they're looking for Gina and Rome and the rest of the gang as they walk in, They're looking around, they can't find a receptionist, they can't find anyone who's there to help, until they see this EMT. And it's Sophie who spies him first, and is instantly taken with him. And then Danny sees him, and is like, yep, he's alright. And it's instant that you know that it smiles, and it just makes it that little bit more funny. Because you know that they're going to be flirting with him and fawning all over him, just being ridiculous. And then they're going to be devastated when they find out that it's their mum's boyfriend. Which is exactly what happens. The comic timing on it is brilliant. But later on, Dee asks Miles why he's into her. What was the big attraction for him? And apart from the fact that Dee is incredibly beautiful and she has this incredible french accent as well and a smile to die for she is very much uh the mother figure of the group and he likes the way that she sort of looks after everyone and cares for everyone but he felt that she needed someone that would look after and care for her and that's why he wanted to be with her and that's why he chose her And when you look at Dee throughout the series, apart from the fact that she's Shag Daddy, it's right. She is the mum of the group. She looks after everyone. She cares for everyone. She makes sure that people are looked after, people are fed, people are picked up when they're down. She's there for people like Gina and Maggie. She is the mum of the group. And that's why he chose her. So we start off hearing about how Lindsay originally wrecked the first wedding between Eddie and Catherine by getting incredibly drunk and end up having an incident with the cake. But thankfully, now that she's sober, nothing like that's going to happen. The other issue is the fact that both Rome and Gary have been vying for the best man position, and they're still doing that on the day. But it's as they're doing it that Eddie tells them that he's already picked a best man, and it's Theo, because of course it is. And Theo tells them both to suck it, which is a fucking brilliant scene. But obviously, eventually, they find out that Eve has gone into hospital. So, as I said before, Eddie says that that they should postpone the ceremony. But Catherine says the chapel at the hospital. And it doesn't matter where it is, as long as we've got the people that we love around us, and we can do this, let's go and do it. So Eddie agrees, and... Catherine heads over to the hospital and starts setting things up, while Eddie is left at home, just gathering some stuff. But then Colleen, Alex's sister, turns up and starts speaking to Eddie. She tells him that he needs to let things go. Their parents already buried their daughter once, and they don't want to have to do it again. It's not fair on them, it's not fair on her, and it's certainly not fair on Alex. Why dredge up the past when... It doesn't need to be brought up anymore. But Eddie won't let it go. And he remembers what Lindsay said to him about his clothes and how she took them that night when Alex died. So he calls Lindsay and asks her what she did with the clothes. And she said, I put them under the hut that we were near. It was 20 years ago. They're not going to still be there. But he says, I have to find out. I have to know what happened. Because he knows that there was a bracelet. There was a bracelet that he gave her that wasn't found with the body. So he believes that maybe it is in those clothes. And if it is, that proves that he had something to do with her death. So instead of gathering everything for the ceremony, Eddie rushes off, goes back to the lake house, and digs underneath it and finds a bag of clothes. As he does, he opens it and finds that in the pockets there is indeed... Alex's bracelet. So he's devastated by this. Understandably, the drinking has probably been the reason that he has forgot all this. So he goes back to the thing that he thinks that is best for him. He goes back to a bar, sits down, gets a drink poured for him, and is sitting waiting at the bar when Catherine rings. He cancels the call and ignores her. It's only after a while that Eddie sees a man sat next to him who is watching a game, and slurring and stumbling all over himself, and it's just a wreck of an old man. And Eddie realises that that could be him if he continues down this path, and he doesn't touch the drink, pays for it, and walks out. He rings Catherine and tells her that, yes, he was at a bar, yes, he ordered a drink, but no, he didn't drink any of it. He hasn't done anything he's on his way home, he can't wait to be with her again and he can't wait to renew his vows and start his real life with his family at which point he's knocked down by a car and the episode ends. So there we have it, the season two ending to A Million Little Things and I genuinely didn't know where this season was going to go. Like, at the start, you've got Rome and Gina and just going through life not wanting kids by the end of it Gina's devastated because she wanted a kid and the person that they were going to adopt from has fallen through on them you've got Dee who at the end of the last season didn't want to ever even probably think of being with another man again after Eddie and you know having Charlie etc and now she's dating again obviously Sophie and her fell out but the got back into their good books again, they're talking. Um, Maggie and Gary, fucking hell. Those two are... They killed me throughout. Um, I love them both so much because, I've said before, I relate to them both. Um, And Alison Miller is just phenomenal. Every time she emotes, I think I'm going to cry. That's that's how good of an actress she is. Um, But yeah, so seeing their story and how it's now gravitated towards being Gary and Darcy and Maggie's gone off to the UK. It's it's a rough situation. Um, I've had a similar situation to Gary where the person you want to love you more than anything in the world just doesn't up until the point that you don't want them to. And then they tell you that they do and it's a difficult decision. I made the wrong one, although it was probably the right one for me with the person that I was with at the time. But um it shouldn't have affected my relationship and it did. And then I end up losing the person that I the person that I loved more than anyone. So it sucks. So I feel Gary's pain on that. But I also feel Maggie's of being rejected by the person that you love the most. Um Eddie and Catherine, what a fucking rollercoaster they've had. Obviously, the end of last season, there was the whole... The fact that he was the father of Dee's child, they'd had the affair, and now, you know, they've gone on a full year, he's not been living with them, she's ran away, and now they're back together, back as a unit, they're doing so good together. And then this storyline at the end, it, it throws you for a loop. Or at least it did me in the fact that you're now thinking that he was some sort of murderer. Um, I didn't like that twist too much. I understand that they put it in there as something from his past that he tried to forget about. But there just seemed to be no connect to it until... Oh, by the way, there's this person called Alex and you might have killed her. It was just, like, jarring. If it had been mentioned maybe earlier on in the season, maybe it could have come and snuck back in later on, but or maybe he'd been having the dreams of John on the boat several times throughout the season. You then kind of put the pieces together, but to just sort of tag it on as like, oh, you know, fourth to last episode or third to last episode, we're going to introduce this bit. It was a little bit off for me. But then, of course, now we've got the fact that Eddie's been knocked out. What does that mean for next season? Maggie's in Oxford. What does that mean for next season? Gary's with Darcy now. What does that mean? Are Roman and Gene going to break up because of the whole situation? There, will D and Miles last? Is it just going to be a fling? But it's a fascinating series, and it does it makes me happy to watch it. Um, the soundtrack's amazing on it; it's always amazing. Um, they pick some really good songs that make me want to ball my eyes out, um, and the script's fucking fantastic. I really love the show and I'm now well over an hour talking about it for this season on just these five episodes. So I think I'm going to wrap it up there. But there's a lot to go at for next season and obviously that's going to be coming in my next season which is six weeks from now. Yeah, six weeks from now. So next it's going to be the final three episodes of season two of Inside Number Nine. We are then going to be moving on to talk about Guillermo del Toro's Cabinets of Curiosity, and we're going to talk about The Newsroom Season 2. So that's going to be something to look forward to. So that's the next six episodes, and then we'll get back into A Million Little Things. So as always, I hope you're enjoying this. If you are, come say hi. If you are just putting this on in the background and not actually listening to this, that's fine. Just, again, come say hi. It's always great to hear from people. And I hope to speak to you in the next one, guys. Thanks for that. Bye. Well, that's all for now, amigos. If you managed to make it to the end of my ramblings, thank you. And if you want to rate, share, subscribe, comment, it's all appreciated. Until next time.